welcome to the don't trip on the usual travel podcast from beyond experiences my name is anand i thought i'd speak with you about nepal today nepal is such a different kind of an experience that uh, it's difficult for me to kind of categorize it and say that you know i'm going to cover the entire place so what i'm going to do is i'm going to talk about one of the trips that i made into nepal um fairly immersive one uh, like most of my trips and then i felt that i had not done justice to the country with that so i went again and again and again by then i was in love with the country so i kept going to the place i'm going to try and relate to you my experiences in the first trip that i went out there i kind of jotted it down in my travel diary so i'm going to kind of talk about it on my first trip that i went there there are more and i will record more of them as and when i get the time nepal was a very strange experience for me a kind of palette of different colors and different flavors and fragrances etc very similar to india and the veritable uh, you know feast for the senses that it gives but the difference being that all of it is concentrated in a small area compared to the vastness of india you know it takes all the check boxes in terms of experiences it provides uh, uh, so writing a blog on the place a bit of a task yeah so here are some experiences that i had that struck me in a few buckets with uh, and, and and i'll do specifics of each of them later uh, whenever i get the time for okay let's start with religion the place is like a multi cuisine restaurant in terms of religion you know you choose your god you have some uh, temple dedicated to it there are hindu gods there is lots of buddhism there's lots of tibetan buddhism which is a and, and there seems to be a very strange mixture of buddhism and hinduism and all put together into one amalgam which seems to be uh, uh, palatable to everybody so to say the swayambhunath temple for instance is a monkey temple it's got a fabulous legend to it but other than the legend it's a beautiful place Okay, now Swayambhunath was a, was a bit of a tongue twister for the Europeans, so it was called Monkey Temple uh, during the swinging 60s and 70s when you had a lot of um, Westerners flocking into Kathmandu. The temple overlooks most parts of the valley, so you get on top of that, you get a fabulous view of the entire city, and it's been around the the, the Kathmandu Valley is supposed to have kind of flowered from this point. It's close to Kathmandu. one of the holiest uh, buddhist stupas in nepal and uh, the, the reason why it's called as swayambhu is because i uh, like in sanskrit swayambhu means emerged spontaneously so they say there was a primordial lake here uh, more than 2000 years ago and the valley was created out of that and there this uh, swayambhu uh, came up and that's why it is called the stupa is one of the oldest in uh, nepal lots of shrines and monasteries on its premises um it dates back or they say it dates back to the 5th century built by king manadeva and uh, by the 13th century it was a very important uh, buddhist uh, place of pilgrimage the legend is that there was a lotus flower in the middle of that primordial lake that i was talking about and the swayambhu was born out of that and 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 then kathmandu kind of got formed and spread and so on the, the largest image of uh, sakyamuni buddha in nepal sits here and behind the uh, hill top there's a temple to manjushri manjushri and this is what i said that it it seems to be a strange mixture of hinduism and buddhism etc manjushri is a goddess of learning and looks very very similar in terms of traits characteristics and uh, looks to saraswati the hindu goddess of learning okay, so there are lots of them there are chaitya there are statues there are shrines buddhist hindu all kinds of deities that fill up the uh, complex 
the base of the hill is is all prayer wheels and deities and you can see devotees all the time moving around the place circumambulating the stupa um the climb up is uh, fairly steep not too steep i mean it's it's okay if you're reasonably fit it's it's fine there's also a motor road that goes up to the top from where it's a short walk to the place so in case you have a leg problem or a knee problem you could use the uh, car to go up there this is a place to observe religious harmony in nepal style large crowds of people buddha's birthday hindu festivals buddhist festivals all lot it's, it's, it's huge crowds all over the place oh and by the way oh, i forgot to tell you there's a huge gold plated uh, vajra or the thunderbolt set to the eastern side of the stupa i mean it reminds me of uh, the hindu god indra whose weapon was supposed to be a thunderbolt and it is said that in ancient times indra was the largest the biggest god it's after that that uh, um chiva and vishnu etc came and replaced him as uh, in in terms of position in the pantheon and indra kind of slipped into um uh, oblivion so to say or relative oblivion of course it made sense because uh, it all evolved out of nature worship and the things that you most feared were uh, uh, thunder and lightning and therefore indra uh, fire and therefore agni uh, uh, wind and tempests and storms and stuff like that and therefore why you the god so these were the uh, uh, more powerful more prayed to kind of gods in ancient times slowly they were supplanted by uh, the vedic uh, uh, or, or pre vedic time when shiva came into the uh, pantheon and uh, took supremacy of the pantheon in terms of uh, hinduism and then you know there came uh, vishnu and all of that of course there are those theories that hinduism is a bunch of religions hinduism is a way of life which is a bunch of religions that have come together etc we'll not get into all that uh, discussion right now um otherwise i'll get completely deviated there is what else ah, there there's a sleeping buddha there that's also fairly nice uh, there's a buddha statue on the western side there's a devi dharma monastery um ah there's a temple dedicated to harati harati is supposed to be the goddess of all children a very interesting legend here Uh, they say that Harati was this ogress before uh, the Buddha came here and converted her to be the caretaker of all children. Fascinating, isn't it? Um, nearby, not too far off. Actually, not nearby, not too far off. There is a Buddha Nilkan Temple, which is uh, fairly interesting. Not too many people head there. There is a reclining statue of Vishnu there, lying down in the middle of a pond, you know, a, a water body. I think a man-made water body, a tank. This is a depiction of Shiva and Vishnu as one. The depiction is that of Vishnu sleeping in between uh, the destruction of the world as as it was and creation of the next world. In between that is the time our man sleeps. So he's sleeping on the serpent, the Seshnag, in a pool of water. I don't know whether it is Shiva or it's Vishnu. When I stood there and looked at it, it looked like a combination of both. And to top it all, the door is guarded by Nandi. Uh, which is Shiva's uh, vehicle and Garuda, which is uh, uh, Vishnu's vehicle and Hanuman, which is from the Ramayana, related to the legend of Vishnu. The entrance of this entire of this complex has got a Devi and Shiva idol in a very Purusha Prakriti mode, like in uh, you know in South India you will see a temple, uh, uh, the Mukambika temple in Kollur, where you will see the. um the the female force and the male force which is signified by prakriti and purusha or the devi and shiva uh, together uh, very interesting the buddha nilkan temple and then you have the baudhanath temple which has its own legend there's a living goddess temple and uh, darshan the, i had a, a glimpse of the child who is supposed to be the living goddess basically as a tradition there's a ritual 
uh, where there is a child, a girl child who's not yet attained uh, puberty, who is kind of uh, uh, identified uh, through divine ordination, is what they say. Uh, and then this person, this child, is placed in this temple as the living goddess. The minute she attains puberty, she moves out of it, and uh, and the next child comes in. But that's what it is. And the child uh, stays there. And to my mind, I went and uh, saw the house where she stays in, and it seemed like a bit of a, uh, a jail for the child. But then there's a lot of belief, and who am I to question trust and belief? So a lot of people believed very strongly, and maybe that the life of that child uh, changes after this entire thing, after uh, her tenure as the living goddess. There was a golden temple, and um, there's a custom there of monks living for a month there in service. And then there was the Pashupati temple, and the Pashupati temple is something else. Okay, it is one of the uh, uh, lings of Shiva. It is one of the Kedars, uh, the uh, part of the Panch Kedars of uh, Shiva mythology. It's beautiful, absolutely fascinating. That temple is ancient, like how, and um, it's believed to have been uh, there around the same time as the Kashi Vishwanath temple in Varanasi. So it, it, it is of that age, really ancient. The Shivling is uh, something that is very strange. It's very different from the others that I've seen in terms of number of faces of the uh, Lord that is there. And uh, the temple is as ancient as it look as, looks and as crowded as you would expect it to be. Try and go when the crowds are not there, it's then that you'll be able to enjoy the place a little bit more. There is uh, uh, lots of legends, lots of mini deities in the place. Great place for worship for Hindus and for the uh, devotees. Just behind it is the place where the crematorium is, where Hindu rituals happen and there's a river that flows from there. Um, beautiful place, absolutely beautiful place. Uh, there, there is a Bhairav temple, it's called the Unmat Bhairav temple. And a lot of women who have not been able to have a child, etc. are believed to go and pray here and uh, make offerings at the Unmat Bhairav temple, and which is another form of Shiva, I guess, or one of Shiva's followers according to legend and um, their wishes are fulfilled. So I saw a long line of women who were waiting there. It's a bit hidden behind the temple, so unless you look closely for it, you won't find it. I had to look quite a bit to find this place. There is the Gupteshwar Gufa, which uh, I was fairly impressed with, not in Kathmandu, but in uh, Pokhara, I think. It's a temple that's deep underground for Shiva, a lovely mind-blowing gap in the cave at the end of it, and uh, a huge legend behind the cave about how a person walked down and found this uh, Shivalinga that's growing all the time and so on and so forth and uh, that that's just lots of religion out there lots lots and lots of religion I'm not going to get into all of them it'll take me forever to do that oh coming to nature Pokhara I just talked about Pokhara it's absolutely stunning tranquility absolutely there's a lake called the Feva Lake in the backdrop there's this uh, the silhouette of this huge mountain that is there number of boat rides on the Feva but it still is stunningly tranquil as they say there's a Barahi temple in the middle of the lake and then a peace pagoda on the other side of the lake um, it's wonderful you take a boat go down to the Barahi temple it's a very small temple and it's uh, not too many people because it's a bit uh, difficult to get there and after that you go by the boat across the lake and um, on the other side you have the peace pagoda which is a fairly recent addition but it's a nice trek up uh, very nice walk where silence absolutely you can take a car and go of course but uh, the walk is very nice. It's a very nice, peaceful trek up the mountain. It's a small mountain. It's not very difficult to climb also. And there's a food stop midway, uh, which is fascinating. Uh, it's a small shop. It's a hole in the wall. Okay, not a hole in the wall. There's no wall out there. It's a shack on the rock, let's say. 
and uh, you can have a beer and you can have some decent food and then walk up further it's sort of a lovely view as you're sitting out there the sarangkot sunrise is another thing in pokhara the fascinating view of the sunrise in the annapurna range from there the annapurna range of the himalayas um the fishtail mountain peak it's shaped like a fishtail when viewed from some places that's a fabulous sighting out there if, if it's a clear day oh another place uh, there's a fabulous sunrise was in nagarkot i'll talk about nagarkot in a bit but that's beautiful the himalayas in all their spec splendor you know and at some point you just sit and watch them and start wondering about the insignificance of your own self absolute pristine beauty in the lap of majestic nature it's a great time for you to dwell on your own insignificance it's fabulous contrast isn't it and yes it makes so much sense the history of this whole place is about that it's about in the lap of nature there is so much of ego that runs around the history was about uh, uh, there were three cities really and there were the mallas who were the kings there the division that happened there were petty feuds there were ego battles between brothers and and different towns were set up by the brothers or by the adversaries by then and the beauty of it all you know and then when the earthquake came it's all in ruins all that ego those massive egos that built these places laid waste by the earthquake that happened recently the bhaktapur ruins is beautiful by the way the pattern is majestic you must visit you know there's a slow rebuilding that's happening there are lots of tourists who are coming in paying for the construction there's some german collaboration i saw a few austrian students who were uh, you know doing restoration work there Our traditions are the traditions of nepal are are strange there's a singing bowl of nepal as they call it which is used for meditation massage inner cleansing chakra opening etc it's a fun thing to do they call it the dhoni bowl and be turning around something on a on a bowl and a metal bowl um, you see a certain sound forming and strangely calming i tried it it was by the way what else was there ah the, the bag chal i must tell you about the bag chal it's a traditional game with four tigers for one uh, uh, person and 20 goats for the opponent and the game is about the tiger eating the goat and allowing the tiger to eat and in a certain fashion if it is allowed to jump about it's like a chess board where you're playing with tigers and goats it's a fun game to play i learned it and played it for some time i didn't get any good at it though oh and and in one of the temples in uh, one of the palaces for the king's audience in patan there is and a few temples also that i saw there are buffalo entrails that are hung at the entrance Apparently, it signifies dirt and negativity that is left outside the temple or the palace. And of course, there are the various Tibetan symbols, symbolic representations, a link with ancient Hindu symbolism. It's something that has to be seen to be believed. This whole place. I went there during uh, this first time that I had gone there. I went there during the Shivaratri, and the place was full of roadside tents, chai, pakoda, funny smoke through the night in Thamel. I stayed in Thamel, and that's really the backpacker uh, region of uh, Kathmandu. Coming down to the food, okay, there are lots of cuisines. There's Nevari, there's Thakali, there's Tibetan, there's Nepali, and all of them. The best kind of food to try. I tried all of them. They're all fabulous. The Nevari cuisine, though, is a bit on the spicy side. I love it, but uh, people who are not very uh, comfortable with a lot of spice. you may want to avoid that but the best food to eat in nepal is dal bhat which is lentils and rice for indians it's like dal chawal it's just rice and lentils very simple food but extremely filling extremely nutritious and very tasty the drink though is another game 
they call it rakshi the local drink it's given free in most hotels so you go to a hotel and order your food they'll give you rakshi free it's basically rice wine or it's fermented uh, rice wine the it's actually called ayla but foreigners started calling it rakshi the name stuck it's served in earthen bowls very small ones and it's potent like how don't go with the taste it's extremely smooth but by the time you finish and most most uh, most of the time you'll be sitting on the floor and eating you know you'll be sitting cross legged or whatever on the floor and eating or, or on very low chairs by the time you get up after your meal you realize you've seriously misjudged your capacity or undercharged or underestimated the power of those small earthen bowls of rakshi but it's fun you must try it places to visit uh, thamel is the ideal place to walk around it has amazing amounts of uh, energy vibrancy it's got lots of attraction it's a place where all the backpackers are it's a, it's a touristy area right so you have lots of shops lots of baubles being sold under the garb of artifacts and tradition and so on and so forth lots of people buy them also but it is genuinely extremely cheap eating sleeping staying buying everything i guess is extremely cheap in thamel but i i'm not much of a shopper but i always get entranced by the by the sheer energy that is there in that place so i kind of try and stay in thamel all the time or at least close to thamel there's a choling monastery in pokhara beautiful absolutely i saw the puja out there the morning uh, ritual that was being conducted there there's a refugee camp outside and inside and there's a monastery there it's a tibetan refugee camp You get inside that place. It's all happy faces, peaceful faces, uh, lovely smiles inside the monastery. The minute you step out in the camp, it's surly people. There no more. Ha- there's no more happiness. There's poverty and so on. The dichotomy that Nepal is. Fabulous nightlife, by the way, in Pokhara. There's a. The, you must try it out. There's the promenade, which is brilliant. There's a lakeside. There are the bars, the food joints, and of course the shopping for mementos. It's it's fabulous. In Pokhara don't miss out on adventure sports lots of paragliding lots of para hiking para sailing trekking kayaking all kinds of things oh i told you i tell you about oasis of nagarkot now i was walking around nagarkot uh, uh, with my backpack wondering where to stay for the night and um, you know i hadn't booked as usual i was wondering whether i should stay for the night or head back someone had told me nagarkot is beautiful i came in it was a small mountain town and uh, uh, very nice climate etc but then were uh, not extremely impressed with the whole place and i was about to i was trying to decide whether to go or to give it a few uh, a night out there a few hours out there the last bus was supposed to have been in the next half an hour and as i was walking there trying to decide i saw the small board that said hotel at the end of the universe he took me back to douglas adams days and his restaurant at the end of the universe etc and uh, you know i decided to walk in and take a look at this long flight of steps you know stone steps that went down from the roadside where where this board is and all the while lugging around my backpack i was wondering am i making the right decision or not i reached the top and find it was actually influenced by douglas adams this is a gentleman who was very impressed with douglas adams had a lot of uh, during the swinging 60s a lot of westerners came in and stayed here etc and he had this uh, he was impressed by this he built a hotel here and his was only hotel in nagarkot they called it the hotel at the end of the universe and it does seem like that from the top i mean you climb quite a bit and then right on top is where this restaurant this hotel is he's got rooms all over on top and uh, on the slope down and from there you get this absolutely mind blowing view of the himalayan range it does seem like the end of the universe but this is the first one there and uh, that's where i met osis osis is the son of the gentleman who set this up 
Okay, it was an amazing sunset, by the way. Uh, lovely view of the Himalayas. The room was very functional and basic, but a fab view, super atmosphere. A bit of climbing required. It's built on a very steep mountain face, but well worth the effort. And lovely decor for the bar. Uh, most of that evening, I spent in the bar chatting up with Osis. Had a lovely Bangladeshi couple who were there. Uh, we had a great time talking about our respective countries and various things and philosophy. And Osis is quite a big one on philosophy and Tibetan. Uh, uh Buddhism and tantra etc so we had a brilliant time out there of course i left early in the morning to go off and uh, take a look at the sunrise which is equally brilliant that's nagarkot that's a hotel at the end of the universe everyone who goes into nepal i keep insisting they visit the hotel at the end of the universe it's fabulous chitwan is another place that is beautiful okay it's a one it's a place that is supposed to be home to the indian rhino and it's it's fascinating fascinating place a huge jungle out there this is one of the first places no this is the second place that i've done a walking safari in the jungle the first place that i did was in tekadi in south india no other jungle uh, allows you to do walking safaris inside the jungle i went and uh, i was supposed to have met this uh, guide or this person out there at one point i reached that point on uh, went by boat a canoe and reached this particular point and there i was waiting for this gentleman and i was half i was expecting a person and frankly you expect a person on a walking safari to carry a gun or something or a stun gun or something like that right nothing the man came in there he was probably half my size and he was a, a very thin bloke in hawaii chappal which is your rubber slippers and uh, stick with him and he came in and said come let's go for the walking safari to rhino territory So I had no choice. I went with him, but what an experience! The grass was about as tall as me. I'm six feet tall, and the grass was about as tall as me. It's that kind of pathways that went through that unnerving but strangely exhilarating kind of an experience. Birds and snakes and all kinds of things that we saw. I just about given hope of spotting a rhino. Actually, I was also part of me was hoping that I didn't spot a rhino, given the fact that I had one. skinny little guide who had a stick with him and i had some three other friends of mine who were traveling who were walking with me uh, a part of me was hoping we didn't meet a rhino but a part was hoping that we met one and we did meet one of those lumbering giants it just walked in front of us and walked across didn't even give us a casual backward glance after we came back the guide told me that uh, you know we are lucky that the rhino was not pregnant if it was then it would have created a ruckus and of course he gave us tips about how to run in case a rhino chased you etc i think it's a standard uh, trick to make people petrified but we have a fabulous walking safari was the boat ride to get there was also equally fabulous you know it is this very small uh, uh, low canoe kind of thing with a lot of curious uh, gharials gharials are those long snouted uh, crocodiles pink peekaboo they come in and put their snout uh, try to put their snout into the canoe and stuff like that quite a Quite a harrowing experience, but after a while you get used to it. Uh, oh, and I met the Tharu tribe there in Chitwan. Very interesting, the Tharu tribe. Uh, they are called the Tharu because they originally came from the Thar desert of India of Rajasthan. A lot of these raids that were happening from uh, uh, Mongols and uh, all of them, these guys slowly retreated little by little, and finally they got tired of retreating and ran into as far as they could, and they came into Nepal in the Chitwan region. and they settled there the tharu tribe inter- interestingly it is in the serai region lots of mosquitoes but they're the only they're the one of the few tribes 
that are resilient genetically to malaria. They have this very strange uh, custom of tattooing all over their face, etc., especially the women. And, and uh, uh, the, the story goes, the legend goes that this thing happened because when they came in, they looked very different from the people of this region. Um, the kings were uh, of the place were, uh, were people with a little bit of a glad eye. And uh, to save their women from, you know, the glad eyes of the king, let's say, uh, or the chieftains, let's say, these guys would uh, intentionally disfigure their faces with tattoos. That made them seem fearsome and in a certain way a bit ugly also, probably. I found it to be a very lovely kind of custom. Everyone had tattoos all over their face, etc. And they spoke a strange mixture of Hindi and Marwari and Nepali and, and all of that. They, they live in it's some kind of subsistence farming that happens out there. The traditional dancers seem very, very rooted in uh, Indian dance forms or Rajasthani dance forms. But that's about it. Otherwise, they're completely um, uh, enmeshed in the culture of Nepal, which, is, uh, which again, of course, is not very different from the Indian culture. More on the rest of Nepal later, there's much more. There is uh, the Mustang region, there is uh, the Vishnu temple that is extremely famous in that region, there is Lumbini and uh, which is and the Buddha connect, the birthplace of the Buddha, etc. Lots of it left in Nepal and a little bit more of in-depth uh, uh, I'd like to talk about in Nepal. Very, very strange things that I got to see in Nepal. Things like a tooth temple, for instance. There's a temple to the tooth. It's a roadside temple. And uh, there, there's this rock that's shaped like a tooth and it's kept out. Then people come and pin coins on it with nails in the hope of curing their toothache. And, and strange things. It's a lovely country. It's beautiful. It's simple. It's innocent. And the people are full of cheer. What else do you want? More on Nepal later. Till then, thanks for tuning in to the Beyond Your Experiences Travel Podcast. Till the next time, take care, stay safe. And whatever else you do, don't trip on the usual.